If we can figure out a way to put a smartphone in you know, the pockets of two billion plus human beings, then we can probably figure out a way to solve climate. We can probably figure out a way to eat better and treat each other nicer and all of those things. PowerPoints, power lunches, conference calls, reply to all, endless meetings, constant check-ins, and so much wasted time. Are you sick of the BS? So are we. It's time to take our time back, rework the way we work, and make every call a call to action. This is a podcast for people who want to stop talking and really start connecting. This is After 12. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After 12, 12 for 12's original podcast series that explores cool companies, brands, makers, and messages, and what compels us to take notice and to become fans. We've got a really great show today. Our guest is the co-founder and CEO of Loacom, a better world movement and strategic marketing agency based in Santa Barbara, California. Believing business is one of the most powerful tools for making a better world. Its mission is to cultivate, connect, and activate ecosystems of change makers to build vibrant communities and nurture a thriving planet. Internet, please welcome my guest, David Fortson, to After 12. Dave, hey, what's going on? Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks, Internet. Good to see y'all. We've got 40 minutes to make a better world, Dave. Mm. Well, given the, uh, the rate we're going at, I think we might need another 10 or 15 at least. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't believe it's been, uh, it's been now 27 years since last I saw your face. Um, I, you know, but thanks to the internet and the elasticity of, uh, of data privacy, I've, I've been watching you for years. And I just want to say uh, it's great to see you again. And I've been following you, man. What, what you guys are doing is pretty amazing. Um, for the viewers at home that don't know what Loacom is or even how Loacom started, maybe you yeah. could just give us a, a, a brief history. Let's, let's go back through the sands of time. Yeah. Well, actually, the sands of time, speaking of where our sands uh, were intermixing, was at uh, Bellarmine College Prep in San Jose. And it was actually a theology of nature class with uh, Mr. Sherbert. Or Sherbert. Yeah. And uh, that was my probably the first time that I started to put things together of like, you know, I'm not frankly, I'm not a very religious guy at this point in my life, but um, I was appreciating that uh, there was a place for protecting the planet. And if, you know, Jesus and God made it cool, then I figured I might as well give it a shot um, and moved there shortly thereafter to plant some trees in the Stanford foothills after a, a fire out there and fast forward into college. And I was the... Um, I was that like long haired, shaggy looking dude uh, sitting out in front of the university center, making sure you couldn't walk back and forth without signing a petition to say this or that or the other thing. And, uh, you know, I talked to thousands of people, walked thousands of doors knocking, trying to get good people elected. And, um, you know, we we basically started as a uh, it was myself and a couple of friends who are still good friends of mine. And. Um, from that kind of gathering petitions to knocking on doors to forming really a vibrant group of um, tree huggers around UC Santa Barbara um, that uh, really were dedicated to uh, protecting the planet. And back then it was a lot of taking on the bad guys, which we saw was like big oil, where they were trying to do drilling outside of the university or stopping development on sensitive habitat 
or it was, you know, the landlords putting up their um, their candidate of choice uh, to take over local government. Uh, you know, you know, one way or the other, we were always, it felt like we we're always fighting something. And, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of got, you know, me juiced up, you know, I was an environmental studies and ecology major. And, uh, and I thought for a while it was going to be, I was like, I'm all going to politics. And then I realized um, after spending five years in Isla Vista, and this was pre smartphone days, um, I wanted to have a lot more fun, I think, than politicians have, frankly. Yeah. And, uh, and anyhow, so long, long story short there, just got out of that, the political side of the business, but the uh, better world side, um, thought that was really where my future was going to be. So I, um, you know, literally right after school moved right into working for nonprofits and for policymakers and uh, just on and on and on. Um, it really turned into a Something um, that I pursued pretty passionately until I took a break and went to into, tech, into technology for a little bit, learned sales, and then jumped back into Loacom with uh, one of my best friends uh, here in, in Santa Barbara. So really kind of a long, long journey, frankly, with lots of uh, twists and turns like any good story. Um, but the kind of common thread has been, you know, it's, it's a fragile place we live on. Um, it's a place where I have kids now and... I have friends like you and who have kids and I figure we, you know, that we should figure out how to design a company that was uh, fundamentally there to, to make it better. Well, I imagine too, I mean, you know, my, my older brother went to UCSB and you are in one of the most beautiful college campus environments in the whole world. I mean, the, the whole Santa Barbara County is amazing and you have this great vista of the Pacific Ocean, but you know, off the coast are all of these these giant oil platforms, and you know they've <laughs> had some infamous spills as as, as late as you know, a few years ago. Um, and you know, there's tar washing up. You know, even when there's not spills, it's a it's a constant phenomenon. If you're in Santa Barbara, if you walk the beach, uh, there'll be signs saying, Hey, you know, just avoid the tar. It's going to be right. stuck to your, your feet. And yeah. even hotels give you the alcohol pad so you can get it off your feet. I mean, to me, you know, even if it was an, a, a natural discharge, it's a byproduct of kind of, you know, our pursuit of fossil fuels. It's sure. It's one of the things that, you know, I, I mean, we, we've kind of reached a critical mass, right? And it's like, now it's 2020 with, you know, a, a global pandemic with, you know, kind of the return of fascism to mainstream mm-hmm. to racial tension, you know, the corruptibility or or the sellability of the media. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, a, 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 the economies of scale have changed. The unequal distribution of wealth is is higher than ever. You know, unemployment, presidential election coming up. I mean, it seems like, you know, to, to have a, um, a company or a mission that is to make a, a better world. I mean, so many of the reasons have been the world that we're, we're living in now. I mean, the symptoms of what's going on um, seem totally uh, you know, overwhelming right now. 2020 has been a, a real and figurative dumpster fire. Yes. Um, are you seeing people wake up to something that you've seen now for you know, the last 30 years? Uh, it's a good question. Um, wake up is a tough word. I feel like we're, uh, you know, there's a level of waking up, but there's a, a level of numbness 
Mm. You know, I, I, we're not, frankly, as a species, very well equipped to Remember. get out of the water that's slowly starting to boil around us. I mean, we are the lobster. Um, and we're like lighting our own fire at the same time. So, um, you know, I, I think there's, you know, in this business, frankly, you got to keep a really strong strain of hope going at all times, you know, and even like in the way we design the business where, you know, for years, you know, my business partner, Eric and I were pounding on doors and pushing policy and legislation, critical stuff. Uh, and it's, it can be very disheartening because the system is frankly tilted against, um, really making that deep systemic change, power begets power, corruption begets corruption, and uh, nobody likes to let go of anything that they've got. And what we're saying, you know, fundamentally, I think as shared, uh, you know, probably with a lot of us, you know, listening in is, you know, we can do better, we can live, you know, more in harmony with the planet, you know, and, and we also probably got to figure out how to convince people, maybe not by beating them overhead with it, but designing products that are better, designing services that are better, designing a culture that is uh, where you don't necessarily even know that you're making a better world, but you just are because it's the cool thing to do because it's the right thing to do because it's what your friends are doing because it's, you know, they're, you're reconnecting yourself to something that's deeply intrinsic as you know, we're a bunch of apes and we're connected to the planet. We've, I think we've done a good job of convincing ourselves we're separate from it. And that's allowed a lot of the really uh, poor decision-making systemically for years. Um, and I think we're trying to, you know, both, you know, with each other in society and community and with, uh, you know, again, you and I were just talking about Joshua Tree uh, before we jumped on this call. And like, you get out, you watch the moon rise over the, over the east, and you watch the big rocks and the, you know, and the critters running around. And you're like, man, you know, that's, that's, that's us too. You know, that's, that's part of the human experience. And yeah. it's something that I'm not here to protect as like some savior. It's something that, you know, we need to do our part as probably the biggest um, uh, violator of the all this, uh, you know, of uh, the ecological uh, sanctity. And we just need to do a better job of living at living to, together with each other and living with the planet. And so we're, you know, as a goal as LOA, as law of attraction of how do we bring people in in a way that leaves them excited, inspired, turns them into ambassadors, turns them into active participants instead of passive observers, right? We don't need any more desk jockeys behind a keyboard putting up a new meme. We need people making fundamental changes in their behavior that aren't, you know, oh, it's going to be less fun or earn less money. Well, I mean, are we not smarter than that? I mean, can't we design a more brilliant ways of engaging each other on the planet to uh, to be additive, regenerative in our relationships to the planet and to each other. And that's, I think, the the opportunity and um, how we get there as fellow on fellow marketer and communicator is a really interesting challenge, let alone on a you know engineering level or a product design or systems change level. I mean, there's so many places, but we need everybody at the table trying to figure this out. Do you find it's it's easier to to get things done going through enterprise? Versus going through government, I know you you kind of straddle nonprofit and for profit, but yep. going the government route, I mean, it's got its own its own issues as well. Yeah. Uh, so my opinion of that has been, and with the caveat that we need a full spectrum approach. Yeah. Period. Government to everything. Radical activism. You know um, that government's role, in my opinion, is mostly uh, setting and raising the floor whenever possible. 
and that in the private sector and in technology and in pop culture, that's where we can actually do incredible amount of reaching and setting the new height of the ceiling, if you will. So we tend to operate at this point in the um, side of doing our best to raise the ceiling after years of working on setting the floor where you create the space for massive jumps uh, in um, how we engage the world that frankly aren't possible without the government continuing to raise the floor, right? I mean, we just need, it needs to be all working together where, I mean, government formed by the people, you know, there's a lot of different people at different places in their life and understanding of ecology or how to, you know, make a better world. And I get that, you know, we can't pound them over the head. And at the same time, you know, if we can figure out a way to put a smartphone in, you know, the pockets of two billion plus human beings, then we can probably figure out a way to solve climate. We can probably figure out a way to eat better and treat each other nicer and all of those things. Yeah, it's amazing how like sustainability is such a great buzzword. I remember in the early 2000s hearing sustainability, sustainability, but it, it actually has a meaning when your house is on fire, you know, right. when you, when it impacts you. I mean, but, you know, a lot of um, a lot of the things, you know, first and foremost, the theology of of nature. I mean, you know, if you if you can't if you can't figure out how to live in your environment and connect to it and have a relationship with it. I mean, akin to the, you know, the the displacement of the Native Americans in, in North America, I mean, part of it was, you know, the expansion, the westward expansion was all about monetization of that land and capitalization of that land. And it, it, it to me, seems like a huge paradigm shift um, that, you know, now we've got certain things and you, you said it yourself that we won't let go of, right? It's, you know, for instance, in, in personal wealth. You get to a level, you make an income, you have a certain standard of living. Well, no one wants to, to go down to a, a, a former standard of living. You want right. to go higher and higher and higher. So, you know, most people then are, are fighting and working day in, day out, even if they don't like their job, to maintain that standard That's of right. living. Exactly. Um, and it's this, this, this trap that we get in because... You know, a we're unhappy, we're disconnected. I mean, the, my two big kind of soapbox issues, and it pre-COVID is mm -hmm. is you know the the human condition, how we feel, how we think, mental health, and 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 what we aspire to, what are our passions. That's why I have conversations with cool people like you because I want to connect to that energy. The other side is like, what are we doing to the place that we we live, um, and how can we create a a better world that, you know, after our 70 or 80 years, if we're lucky is up that the next generation can enjoy That's it. Right. That's right. Well, I mean, the first place we can start is we got to stop shit in the bed. I mean, it's <laughs> well, I drink a lot now. Dave, so. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's one thing to shit the bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's things happen in life. Yeah. It's one thing. Another thing to shit the bed like every day. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm just, that part I still struggle to understand. This goes into like, you know, we're seeing this on a political level at the national level and even global level, like the power of d disinformation, misinformation of dogma of, you know, the twisted view of freedom and spirituality. I mean, name, you know, the confluence of things that are, you know, just mashing into each other right now. It's just mind blowing on a, to observe what the decisions that we're making and why on a collective level. So, you know, even just, 
like wading through that to then be able to like communicate with somebody like in a conversation, like sitting around a table anymore and, you know, be able to have like a reasonable conversation of like, you know, we can do better and we're not asking you to give up, you know, your sacred cows, you know, no pun intended. And we're, we're just, we need to like, just think about how we like reorganize ourselves as people. And as, and even as, you know, even to steer this back toward the business side, you know, from our perspective, you know, business is arguably the biggest agent of change that exists right now. Yes. I mean, the amount of capital yes. that is movable by business at, a, at the click of a button and the amount of eyeballs that we steer to me compels and obligates business to be at the forefront of making a better world. And, you know, and I'm just a, I'm a, turning into more of a fanatic of we got to toss out the old business models we got to look at like our balance sheets and like, you know, there's some critical line items missing from a balance sheet or from your P&L of, you know, if, if the planet and your community and your society aren't part of that P&L or aren't part of your balance sheet, aren't part of your business model, then frankly, you're failing, in my opinion, at yeah. this point. I mean, this I think we could get away with it for a while because we were living off of literally borrowed fossils and whatnot from the past. Yeah, we're done with that. You know, we have got a role and responsibility from how you use, you're using your platform today to how we're using our uh, uh, the trust that have been given us to advise and and uh, consult companies around the world of like how do we do better, still earn money, still grow culture, still have a rich lifestyle, not in the dollar rich, but in like a deep human rich experience that grows our customer base that increases revenue and makes deep impact in society. That is where we need to be reoriented, reorienting period. What was that? I mean, that was part of the path too from low a tree, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you okay. got into the, the idea of creating events like earth day, 2010, if mm -hmm. anyone in Santa Barbara remembers, I mean, it, this, this was a, a huge success. You got a bunch of people together. You you really promoted artists that were trying to make this change. They were again change agents as individuals, and then and then I mean the path was people started asking you, "Hey, can you do this for us? We want to figure out how to get involved." And I mean, I don't know if if it was surprising to you that you were able to grow a marketing and communication you know company doing strategy for huge clients, but it's like. How how was that step from that point where you're like you and your your buddy from college are are kind of thinking locally and then the next thing you're creating you know strategy for global brands? That's a it's a good question. So the well, one I want to give a shout out to the Community Environmental Council here in Santa Barbara. They've held the flame on Earth Day and brought us in um, to help move it from you know, a small kind of uh, region, you know, small like city festival into a regional festival of close to 30,000 people. And that was a huge opportunity for us that we seized on and I'm forever grateful for them. And, you know, and I think at that point, you know, we realized that in a lot of ways it was doing what we had done since college, which was bring people together, grow like, uh, you know, build culture, like build family, like a familial culture of like, Everyone's rooting for each other, trying to make each other do better, have a big vision and goal in mind and just keep focused there. And it, it was then a matter of like problem solving of how do we get from 
A to B on those types of issues when it came to producing a festival in this case, we took that same mentality of like, okay, now this you know company saw that we could convene 30,000 30, people and organize them to have a great time for a few days, educate them, feed them, have great music and all that stuff. We, can they do the same for our brand? And, you know, it moved us, you know, probably for the early years, like 2010 to 2012, 2013, uh, being known as an events company. And, um, but as anyone who's done events, I mean, event, event work is a lot of marketing and communications work. And we quick, quickly were moving in that direction as people, uh, various organizations and companies saw our ability to use uh, social media platforms, send out an email, design a website, And, and come up with a strategy at the end of the day to organize their followers and their clients or their people to um, to move, start moving together. And that's, you know, when you and I, you know, checked in before, it's like the whole concept of building movements as a company is should not be reserved for the, the nonprofit sector. Again, if we're at the table as companies, as private companies who answer to whether it's a shareholder or you're privately held, You know, you should be answering ultimately to the planet and the people on it and designing uh, the objectives and the KPIs or the OKRs or name your buzzword in the business sector to have impact as a bottom line measurement that you track and you improve around is something that is really resonating. And we're seeing this, um, you know, uh, shout out to the B Corp community. Uh, to the 1% for the planet community and all the folks that we've worked with over there, <clears throat> where they get that, where it's, uh, you know, it's no longer good enough in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when you buy a product, you want to, many people, not all, many people are like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look and see, are they, is the, is the, are the ingredients good or it, was it developed in a sustainable way? Right. Is it developed in a just way? Is it going to, does it have a plan for when it's end of life? Where does yep. it go? And that's still a small segment, frankly, but it's growing dramatically. I mean, it's still like on the scale of the amount of capital in that space. It's still small, but it's it's billions already and it will go higher. And we as Loacom are aiming to be on the edge of that of bringing companies in on a design level and also the companies that are there making helping them expand their markets as fast as possible, because that's who we need to be successful. Well, brands that have missions of merit have, I mean, a that they have passion behind the drive of you know the the whole the whole organization but but b it's it's the the story that they're telling is a real story and i think okay. so much of marketing becomes like you said buzzwords and marketing blah blah and when you when you incorporate those words like you know the word pivot um you know you 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 tend to just empty speak and um there's a lot of Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot. So on a practical level, I mean, you've worked with Ocean Thermal Energy, you've worked with Quivira, the Environmental Defense Center, you mentioned uh, 1% for the Planet, All Good, Clean Power Alliance. What are the like the clients that that come to you? Um, are, are you, I mean, how does this work? Are these clients, some of them you, you have sought out or how how are you kind of, where are you in the funnel in terms of, them finding out about Loacom and then sure. kind of what is the, the sweet spot that brings them there? Like, that uh, yeah, that's yeah. So, you know, we haven't until really this year um, started a legitimate outbound communication program, even just to business develop for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, 
almost all of our work, I'd say more than 90% has been word of mouth. And like anything, it's, you know, and particularly how we're designing the work that we do. Like our goal is to, um, in the best way, like, you know, you know, in positively infect wonderful circles of change makers and be of service where, you know, groups like 1% for the planet or the B, the B Corp community, or even, you know, so many, as we've seen, because we've advocated that companies join smaller sectors of similar companies, even like quote unquote competitors who are, who are teaming together to try to figure out how to solve supply chain problems around uh, how to like reduce packaging as an example, or they're trying to figure out how to have better ingredients from source from more, um, you know, integrous locations around the world or whatnot. And that, that type of um, collaboration, not, not, I don't know if it's over competition, but that collaboration competition where they really are pretty well balanced allows us to interact with really special groups of human beings, frankly. I mean, the CEOs that we get to work with um, and the executive directors or leaders that, you know, C-level um, uh, folks in these companies are they're, they're You just feel like this deep sense of obligation and desire to make change. And that uh, ethos really infects their companies in the best way possible because it creates all these new spaces for building relationships. Yeah. And those relationships beget better relationships. Right. Amongst consultants, amongst partners, amongst ambassadors, amongst their customer base. It's just like it, it's, it turns into less. And we talk about this kind of analogy a lot of, you know, we always want to talk about clients and customers. And in a lot of ways, they should really be all collaborators or something similar, you know, less of, of a one-way exchange of value and more of like, how do we co-create? How do we co-develop? And how do we regenerate, you know, so that these businesses have not an, an outlook of what are we going to do in the, or, or even what are we going to do in the, the, the last quarter of the year or the 2021? And more like, what are we going to be doing in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. the next 20 years where the arc is really going to uh, change and impact and even like what it is to be a company starts to extend beyond the really pernicious shareholder driven short-term decision-making that is the antithesis of how you regenerate the planet and really even how you regenerate relationships between humans. Yeah, so, but so much of, of that, too, I mean, like you think about the the big competition that's happening right now, like uh, use an example, um, T-Mobile bought Sprint, Verizon and AT&T get together, they block certain uh, pathways for T-Mobile now, they, you know, because T-Mobile is trying to go as the uncarrier into the 5G thing. So, uh, you know, I, I see that. I'm like, well, guys, there's like by 2050, there's going to be 10 million people on the planet. Isn't there, you know, like you, you referenced, you know, there's probably over 8 billion, you know, smartphones on the planet yeah. now. There's, it's probably two to one. What are, yeah, exactly right. It's like right. If, if that's the situation, there's plenty of space for all of us to compete. Now you talk about shareholder value and the fact that you know speed to market is a huge thing, and speed to yep. market means we can sell more. The more we can push, the more we can sell, and the higher volume means you know higher price per sale and and more revenue and yay yay yay. Um, I you know and we talked about this when we first 
talked, it's like the the whole idea of, of fast fashion. Now, yeah. you know, the textile industry and fabrics, like you can go to Sri Lanka or you can go, you know, to Asia and get your clothing. India will make your clothing so quickly and then dump it. It doesn't it need to be double stitched or triple stitched, a single week seam and off it goes on the rack. If it's got the cool cut that everybody's wearing at that time, it doesn't matter how long it lasts and it doesn't matter what happens when it breaks down because that just goes in the garbage can, not to Well, I think that's a good example of the ceiling and the floor conversation Yeah. where if I'm on the, if I'm looking at the full spectrum of how to solve that problem, I'm not only, you know, as a nonprofit trying to figure out how to disincentivize deeply, if not outright, you know, write policy to prevent um, that super wasteful version of fashion and manufacturing. Um, but I'm also creating a market on top that is um, where we're educating and inspiring our consumers slash collaborators to demand more integrous products, you know, more a, a fashion that if it's going to be fast, that there's a cradle to grave aspect to it. We're not loading up our kids with the garbage bill yeah. for stuff that we're dumping today to meet uh, a, a Q4 dead or a, a, you know sales goal. And that's where it's like, you know, we right now are super excited again about that ceiling part of how do you message the consumer to be able to um, place value deep value around what's created, how it's created, who it's created, right. and how it's impacting people and planet. Like, how do you do that in a way that doesn't get lost in our clickbait, you know, uh, half a second uh, attention span, you know, you use, you know, deep in visuals and video storytelling and clickbaity clicks. You know, we have to use some of those tools that exist out there that have pulled us down the rabbit hole. Yeah, but, but we but, on the you know on the sustainable side have to kind of know some of those tools too. Well, the shift too, like with product companies that kind of you know the buyback programs or mm -hmm. the you know lifetime unlimited or li yep. unlimited yep. lifetime warranty, like yep. uh, darn tough socks. Great. When I moved to Portland, I was like, ah, oh, these are great socks. They have a lifetime warranty. They're socks. Yep. Um, I mean, Patagonia has made. Pat killing out of that. You know, it's like, don't buy any stuff today and we'll send it and we'll fix it for you. More and more, you're starting to hear the narrative from companies um, that they want to be involved. Like, uh, you know, you talk about your, your brand as a mission and a marketing organization. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies now are, are stepping across that threshold and saying, no, you know what? I, I need to make a stand. I, and I think this is where kind of 2020 and where we are right now goes mm -hmm. back you know, 30 years ago to your th theology of nature course, I, we are at a point where we have, we have taken for granted for so long the system that we're living in. And obviously we're sick. Our planet's sick. Oh, yeah. Emotionally, mentally, we're sick. I mean, depression, mental illness, anxiety, alcohol, drug abuse yeah. is up. If you look at SAMHSA, the Subst Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration, Year over year, those numbers are getting crazier and crazier. Um, it's getting harder to sustain. I think, you know, this this was a real watershed event in terms of a global pandemic. But it yeah. it what it wasn't unprecedented. We had another one a hundred years ago, you know, and 
1918, Almost did we not? Years today. Yeah, I know. It's like, did we not take any of those lessons? Did we not learn anything? And the problem is we're too fast. We, we just want to keep treading as, you know, we're on a treadmill. We are. And it's, um, I think that that concept of being on the treadmill and the speed, like we've, um, we've like hijacked our hypothalamus, like in a way that, you know, I was telling, sharing this with my friend this weekend, as we were looking up at, you know, the moonrise, it's like our, um, the deep addictive aspect of, um, even communication right now and the way we interact where it's just like pounding on our, the back of that little, whatever that part is, I think it's the hypothalamus. That's like, it's just getting rung all day. Right. And it's, you know, we're all, all the brands and, you know, all of the, um, the messengers, good, bad, and ugly are all ringing that thing and not giving us individually or collectively the chance to deeply process information to deeply process, not even, you not even the information that we take in by reading, but like observing, you know, how our society is observing how the planet is like reacting and being able to like take that in at all of its various levels from like the logical to spiritual, to the uh, business systemic, to the familial level and like be able to make adjustments. And it's, it's, you know, philosophically just, it fascinates me like, you know, and it, in some ways makes it, um, I don't quite know, you know, just, you know, transparently, I don't quite know the way out, you know, around all of this. I know and it's I, not I, more I, antidepressants. Yeah. Right. And that's right. I mean, right. We need, we need more time in the ocean. We need more time, you know, sit and watch a bee, uh, you know, pollinate a flower. I mean, you know, we just need some like time and space for that, like deeper, like the lower, not, it's not lower level and like high good and bad or higher and low, but, like there's more of a background, the background hard drive and all of us needs to like stop spinning so much. And there's another, there's a bunch of other systems that just need a chance to kind of bubble up. And I think we'll make better decisions, but how we get there, even by the way that we're constantly being shoving each other more information is not helping. And, you know, is it getting off social media? I don't know if it's that easier. I, I don't think it would hurt. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I totally agree. What, but so I how do, do you think, think yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say, I do think on the business side, I mean, it's, similarly, it's like redesigning even like internal culture of your business to create the spaces for um, the deep design thinking around creation of products and experiences that are going to matter where you've got to meet some short-term goals, right? There's got to be enough of that sugar there. And there's got to be the deep systemic change underlying that. Yep. That is, you know, if we can do that in Facebook and we can do that with an iPhone, we need to be able to do that for building better societies and building a better planet, or at least uh, regenerating the planet as it is. Well, and you see companies that are doing that. I mean, this bar saves lives. Great, great company. Krista Bell's company with um, Robbie Patel. Um, you, you see it with Tom's, the shoe company. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a ton of examples of it and, and they're starting to grow, I think, again, as missions. But how how do you um, put these in practice with your clients? How do you take that that purpose, that intent, and help them create actual strategies? Sure. Um, and if you have any examples from any of the clients that you're working with yeah. now, too. Yeah, there's there's a, a good one that we can point to. Um, it's our partners up in up here in the 805 uh, Morro Bay. 
Uh, they're called All Good Products, mm-hmm. um, All Good, formerly Elemental Herbs. Um, Caroline Duell uh, is the CEO and founder. She's just a rock star, incredible human being um, who started the company a long time ago. Classic thing, you know, creating a salve in the back of her car. Is this goop? Yeah, this is goop. And nice. you know, hands it out to her rock climber and skier friends, you know, her for their chapped hands. And, you know, just keeps at it. Just keeps at it. And, you know, fast forward, um, you know, they're a multi-million dollar company now. Uh, they're on the leading edge of issue of company response to climate, uh, packaging, um, and even and, and, and the culture change. And anyhow, the to where we intersected is we ran into her um, putting together a 1% for the planet event to convene companies that were making the choice to put 1% of top line uh, toward environmental causes. And this is a classic LOA thing for us. We convened, we, you know, I thought put a really nice event on good vibes. You know, everyone was really friendly, um, made space for everyone to connect and communicate. And we ran into her, and uh, she stopped us and said, hey, you know what? I just got back from this uh, conference out in Hawaii where they were showing that chemical sunscreens um, are really bad actors in the aquatic environment, that they are endocrine disruptors. And, you know, given the state of uh, uh, coral reefs around the globe that are already, you know, under attack from climate change and off uh, and uh, pollution from runoff, that, you know, I don't, we need to do something like my company is all good speaking for her and my colleagues that we need to be aware of this and we need to, we need to act. So she brought us on board um, with the goal of uh, helping change the conversation in the uh, sunscreen industry about um, the mineral versus chemical sunscreen conversation where mineral, and there are some caveats are far superior in their at least being benign uh, both to human health and uh, environmental well, health. Well, lower acidity too, right? Yeah, and, and, they're, and it's physical. It's literally yeah. a physical barrier, whereas yeah. chemical is designed to enter into the biological system and makes it, you know, for all of us very vain people, you know, it's like you rub it on, you can't tell anything is there, right? It's just yeah. like, because it's kind of not, it's gone in, it's gone into your dermal layer. Now you, you have know? cancer. Now, yeah. I mean, it's like, they're showing these like really like disturbing uh, studies that, you know, these reefs are, were um, really being impacted. Uh, and it was the, you know, the, the, uh, the elephant in the room was what are they, what's that doing to your body? So we worked with Caroline and the all good team to develop the reef friendly moniker, uh, uh, work with uh, the scientists who are already out on the edge of this in um, taking their information and packaging it up, you know, into consumable, bite-sized, market-friendly educational um, uh, communications that uh, we created a brand around, uh, we created the packaging around it, and then we launched it in Hawaii, which, you know, Hawaii is connected to the world. Totally. And uh, all the, you know, millions of consumers flying there from all over the country who all of a sudden were being, uh, communicated to from partners like the local NGOs on the ground who've been ringing the bell on this yep. to companies like ours. And then it caught the attention of legislators intentionally, right? Who were basically like oxybenzone is a bad, bad chemical. We got to There's chemical studies around this. We got to do something. So from the policy perspective, from the local on the ground uh, trust agents, the organizations who've been there from the branding level all the way to the product design there was a full spectrum 
we need to address this issue. And far from, um, you know, it being like a, you know, some let's go save at all costs, it ended up being an incredible business opportunity because it not only um, it, it lifted all goods brand, which at that time was still pretty, pretty small, all, all things considered, but they got above the noise, right? Yeah. Because they started talking about things that mattered to humans, right? Because those reefs that I swim over are sacred. Like there's a deep connection. I don't care if you're from Kansas or you're born in Hawaii, people get that that's a sacred thing. And they started seeing that it's like, wow, what I'm doing matters. Like I can make a choice to have something that maybe it costs a little bit more, maybe at times, and again, it depends on the, these days it's gotten vastly better. You know, a mineral sunscreen may not be quite as uh, Vogue ready for my photo shoot, but it absolutely is healthier. And it ended up um, not even, and this isn't even a done story. The uh, policymakers passed uh, legislation to, uh, to outlaw uh, oxybenzone. The uh, big box stores in Hawaii ended up coming to All Good and saying, hey, we would love a reef friendly sunscreen option. And it gave Caroline a really neat platform to communicate about the value and ethics of creating skincare products that are good for people and planet. And so those 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 ingredients all together allowed for the um, uh, facilitation and support of a movement that, frankly, was started by a lot of other folks besides us. But we just happened to capitalize it and bring that private sector mentality of like sharp communications, good branding, uh, mission backed by good product design. You package that up and it all of a sudden had a ripple effect in the whole industry. Now, if you go look up ReFriendly, there are tons of brands claiming ReFriendly. You know, and and frankly, some of them are probably greenwashing. Yeah. But you know what? I don't care because the floor has now been lifted, right? There's still going to be some nefarious players down here who are just yeah. greenwashing. Yeah. But there's a bunch of other folks that are spending tons of money who are marketing a value at this point. So well, it's, and it also you know, shows you how much how much market share there is there. You know, if, right. you're, if you can greenwash it, but you know, if you're if you're actually doing something for the movement. If you're if you're helping eliminate a problem both to your body and to to the the coral and you know, I mean what that that's like one of these stories. It's like a win 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 everywhere, uh, all over the place. Especially, I mean, Hawaii. What a great location as an amplifier to the largest continent you know in in the world and the the largest group of people vacation. I mean, I was I was there in February before everything went down with COVID, and and that was like in the first kind of litmus test for my wife and I to say. Everyone here is wearing a mask. That's right. You know, what is going on? And That's they were right. all just getting back from the first waves of it, December and January. And I just was like, we have no idea what's about to befall us. And it's, right. it's, yeah, that's a great story. Um, yeah. Well, and even one other little slight chapter, um, which I just, to me, this is again, the model for business is that Caroline and a bunch of the other CEOs of the, mineral sunscreen based companies got together and created the safe sunscreen council with the idea of sharing information and being a spokesperson. So when, you know, Johnson and Johnson and the chemical industry and their well-heeled lobbyists and big powerful PR firms, you know, are going to get out there and um, try to uh, flood the zone, if you will, as they say with shit, 
around chemical versus mineral that there's somebody else for the media to call. Like, right, you just need, you know, play the game, right? The media is going to want point counterpoint, but if there's no industry association, then it ends up being an individual company, which isn't as big, right? right. And so it's those like little things. And again, back to that full spectrum of understanding the what you're passionate about as a company, what your employees are about are, are really passionate about, and then di- designing movements or support, uh, to, to be supportive, to facilitate, or to literally get a movement off the ground to make a better world that's in your culture, that's in your brand, and that's going to have legit impact. And I'm telling you, it's going to build business and it's going to do it the right way that you can be proud of for you, your kids, and your employees. I mean, that's the whole idea of marketing to change making. You know, the the fact that you're you're not just looking for the next client, the next gig, the next opportunity to grow your margins. You're looking at the, the whole thing, the whole... Right the whole connection of all of us. Um, I guess on that note, last question, Dave, yeah. uh, you know, these are really incredibly, I don't know, there's that quote, may you live in interesting times. And I think yeah. this is a very interesting time to be alive because we're, we're seeing the symptoms of our sickness emerge all around us in real time. Um, and as marketing guys, uh, you know, we, we know the story is real and it's hard to get around uh, a real story with bullshit. And um, I, I guess I'm an optimist. I always have been. I think, you know, the the human spirit, the energy of what we are are capable of is so amazing. And you talked about it earlier. You said vibes. And I think about those vibes that run through, yep. you know, a 27-year you know, gap in our relationship, I can pick up the phone and call you. Um, that energy is, I think, what ultimately can save us and make right. us better and connect us to, to the things that matter. So on that note, I guess my last question is like, what are you, what are you optimistic about? What do you, what do you have heartfelt smiles for? What are the things that keep you going? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I still, despite the um, day-to-day indicators that often tell me otherwise, that when two humans get together, that I know it's cheeseball and it's very Margaret Mead-ish, all respect Margaret Mead, but we can change the world. I mean, I literally, I feel it. Um, I see it that, you know, and it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of revolutions, Um you know, just uh, as a political animal, um, they're too sh- often too short and unstable and uh, may not produce or may have more unintended casualties uh, than, you, than you hope for. But rapid evolution between uh, groups of people who want to make a difference can mean that, you know, again, we can put a billion masks on in two days, uh, you know, or eight billion masks on two days when we we're called to action. And I don't think that there, that is a step too far for us to have maybe two or three other simple actions that we do day to day in life that are just designed to improve our lot. And, um, you know, I think that the, the ingenuity of the human species is really, really knows no end. And, um, I'm, I'm still confident that we can, turn this mess around, you know, um, you know, I have my bad days, frankly, uh, during times like this, but 
you know, what, what else, what else are we doing if we're not, you know, hoping for the best here? And, um, and, you know, literally every moment, you know, I think the one action we can all think about is, you know, what can I do in this moment with this opportunity, with this human being to make a little bit things just a little bit better? Like it's, it's, we you know we, it's a tagline on our side of, um, you know, making a better world with every interaction, you know, and I think that's where, you know, without getting in the overwhelming thing of how are we going to, you know, sequester, you know, a billion tons of carbon and how are we going to get the temperature down and how are we going to stop a hurricane? You know, it was a bunch of little interactions that got us to this mess. And it's going to be a bunch of little actions, interactions that get us out of this mess and add on to that some brilliant technology and some good, you know, sitting around a table and eating and chatting post COVID and, and just reconnecting with each other as human beings, I think it will solve this thing. We just got to all commit a little bit more time and energy to it. Just a little bit. Just a little and, bit. and vote on November 3rd. Vote. Hey, if you go to lowcom.com, we actually are getting you to vote triple right now. Not, not literally three times. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, like trip. We, we're doing to, I mean, go to lowcom.com and, and uh, we're, we're, that's one of our activities as a movement agency is we're designing a bunch of um, GOTV and vote tripling stuff to get, get people out there and take one step, which is just get your ballot out there. Frankly, I don't care who you vote for our democracy is dying due to lack of, you know, legit activity. So um, let's fingers crossed, man. Vote for the environment. Vote for good people. Vote for good vibes. Vote Vote for for good good vibes. vibes. Well, David, thank you so much for your good vibes, brother. It was great reconnecting with you. And uh, likewise. And check out loacom.com for more. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much. Adam, good to see you. Good to see you, man.